Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to Limitless, the podcast on faith, life, and growth. And I am your super excited host, Ifeanwa Moronike. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Over here on Limitless, we get into everything that involves living life as a young person vibrantly, beautifully, wonderfully in Christ. And if this isn't your first time listening, then you are welcome back to the podcast. I'm so blessed to have you all listening today. So guys, I just had a review at my Spotify Wrapped, which is basically where Spotify brings together all your milestones for the year and presents it to you and I am so blessed because you guys have really been sharing the podcast and I was seeing the statistics meaning that whenever I say oh guys share the podcast leave a review leave a rating you're actually sharing are you leaving reviews and ratings I hope you are and if you haven't then you can just literally pause this and go and do that quickly now but in terms of sharing God bless you all because it's that's the only way the podcast can spread and more people can hear about it if you share the podcast so if this podcast an episode anything has been a blessing to you be sure to share with people your loved ones even people you don't love but (laughs) they may benefit from the podcast so yes um i really pray this episode is going to be a blessing to you and i also pray it's going to be easy to edit because today is a wednesday this is 141 on a wednesday my podcasts typically come out on thursday thursday 12 a.m on the dot and so this needs to be ready around 11 ish p.m and then after this i have a practical a lab practical and then i have a presentation a, uh what do i call it a rehearsal for a presentation i have on friday so yeah i'm going to be busy tonight i'm going to be busy but i'm definitely going to do my best to edit and get it out on thursday hopefully that 12 a.m on thursday shy is that coming out thursday okay whatever time is coming out thursday by the grace of god so um today's episode handling conflict hates so many things that occur in a christian's life but they may not know how to handle it they may not know how to maneuver situations like this because as christians most people expect us to be happy happy and oh butterflies and rainbows and we don't fight with anyone i wish i wish i wish i wish it was a world where we don't have arguments or conflict with people but we do yes even as christians we do and so this episode is about how we handle that sometimes these conflicts can even graduate to malice and so how to handle malice just we're getting to everything basically this episode and um do remember that this episode is episode 49 so that means the next episode is the final episode for the season i don't know what i'm going to talk about yet i just want it to be an episode that is like a finale episode i was going to talk about red flags of dating because i've done green flags but i don't think it's like a finale type episode but let's see let's see let's see let's see let's see so guys let's get into today's episode Okay, handling conflict, hatred, malice, etc. and choosing your battles wisely. So, how many of you guys out there have had issues with people? Every single person, yes, including me. And if anybody has ever said no, then there's a high chance that you are a people pleaser because there is no way you haven't had disagreeing opinions with somebody before. It may not end up in a fight but there is always a disagreement somehow somewhere and so sometimes now these disagreements can graduate and can graduate into an argument and sometimes these arguments can graduate into malice or hatred and then it can basically be this overwhelming feeling that at some point you've lost control of and I've said this thing before anything you have no control of This feeling you have towards this person, if you don't have control over it, then it is now ruling you. So that feeling of hatred is ruling you. And that is a very dangerous place to be because hatred is actually a very toxic emotion. It's a very toxic state of being. It is very consuming. 
In fact, the hatred you have for somebody affects you more than the person you hate. Because it just grows and grows and grows if you don't deal with it. Where hatred is bondage, forgiveness is freedom. Forgiveness is freedom. But let's start at the beginning, arguments, because you know hatred is at the end of the spectrum. So let's start with arguments. How do we handle arguments as believers? Because it's not easy. In fact, you may get into a lot of arguments as a believer because our views and our beliefs are typically not accepted by world standards. Most people see us as silly, that, oh, you believe in this person in the sky or you are still believing in fairy tales and so when you come forward with your opinion they're so ready to retaliate sometimes this boils over into an argument and so I just want to give you guys a couple of verses that sums up how we should behave in such such situations which will happen 2nd Timothy 2 23 and then I guess we'll read down to 26 don't have anything to do with foolish or stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but must be kind to everyone able to teach and not resentful. I just want to stop there for a second because one thing we can grab from that immediately, we should not be quarrelsome. So in any situation that you already have the inkling that this could lead to an argument, an unfruitful argument, an argument that has no resolve, back away. Now, this may make you look stupid. I'm, I'm just going to be so honest with you. Some of you may say, but if I back away, it looks like I've lost. No, if you back away, you are the one taking the upper hand. You're the mature one in the situation. And sometimes maturity requires you to be humble. In fact, not sometimes, most of the time, almost all the time, maturity requires humility. And in that situation, it may seem as if you've lost or you're backing down. No, you're being mature. And you are not allowing yourself to be consumed by an endless silly unfruitful arguments which is what second timothy 2 24 just told us not to get involved with it said we should be kind to everyone able to teach and not resentful and that's why when we are having arguments specifically with unbelievers we'll still talk about arguments with just general people it may not be a religious argument and so in some situations where maybe okay so in a situation with an unbeliever if you're trying to explain a concept to someone, maybe the concept of the Trinity, and this person is not understanding, or they're calling this belief silly, once you have placed out your thoughts, you leave the rest for God. Now, as you are teaching this person about a concept that they don't understand, you have to remember to be patient. You have to remember to come from a place of not pride, that oh, I know this, and I am better than you, I'm wiser than you because I know this. No, this person is clearly confused about the concept of Christ. And I'm here to teach out of love. I am not coming with my opinions and making me seem as if I am superior to you. No. Because the thing is, some people have this mindset of Christians that Christians think they're better than anyone else. Oh, because we're going to heaven, everyone's going to hell, then automatically we're better than everyone else. Now, the mindset of superiority automatically means that you will struggle to preach to people. Because nobody wants someone to preach to them when you are coming from the space of I'm better than you. Humble yourself. Especially in arguments where you may not be right humble yourself so in situations where it may not be a religious argument where it could be between you and a friend learn humility learn humility listen it's so important to listen listen to learn not just to speak as long as i learned this thing i don't remember where things from a tv show as long as your mouth is moving as long as you are speaking you are learning nothing the only thing you're doing is bringing out knowledge you already have listening is the only way you can learn 
you can't learn from speaking because you're not retaining anything. It's just from what you're saying. When you listen, when you're hearing things, eh, that's when you're learning. Because there are some situations, some quarrels you get into with people or some arguments or some disagreements that graduate to arguments all out of misunderstanding because you refuse to listen or the other party has refused to listen. But let's take it. We don't have control over what the other party does. So let's just talk about ourselves right now. In an argument, well, let me, before it gets to an argument, in a disagreement, remember to listen first. Listen to understand the other person's point of view. And one thing, mistake I used to do is I would listen just so I could have a comeback. And that's not the point of listening. It's to understand where this person is coming from. You may still disagree, but you've given that person the space to talk. And out of respect, they should also give you the space to talk. And that takes humility. You may not be right. And be ready, be okay with admitting you are wrong. Another thing I used to struggle with, especially because I'm the eldest in my house. And it's usually what your, what your elder sister says goes. But now my siblings are getting older and they make sense sometimes. My, my brother is 13 now. And as much as he's the youngest in the house, sometimes the things he says make sense. And I should have humility to listen and be like, all right, that actually makes sense. And that's the perspective we're supposed to come from. In any kind of disagreement we get into, listen, do not be resentful. Do not grow resentful. You can disagree with someone without it blown up into a fight. So let me just move on to 2 Timothy 25 now. Opponents must be gently instructed, gently instructed. When I wrote this on my notes, I even highlighted it. I put it in, in big in caps lock. Gently instructed. If you don't know how to have a disagreement with somebody without raising your voice, without shouting, without becoming aggressive, you just need to back away. Back away. That's going to be very unfruitful. Back away. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. Now, in this context, we're going back to if we're talking about believers and unbelievers. If you are having an argument with an unbeliever and you have gently guided the person in the truth or even a believer, if you are discussing something with a believer, they are living a lifestyle that you know is not right and God has convicted you, Holy Spirit has convicted you to voice this opinion or voice this to the person. And you have gently instructed them that, bro, sis, this lifestyle you're living, it's not for you. It's not the way God wants you to live. And they're not listening. And you have done your part. All you can do is have hope, basically pray that God will grant them repentance and lead them to the knowledge of the truth. That's it. You back away. Say your peace and back away. Do what God has sent you to do and back away. Let God do the rest. You do your best, let God do the rest. It's not your job to force your opinion on anybody. I don't, okay, please let me know in the DMs or like on Instagram or whatever. Let me know one person you know that said, I formed a relationship with God because somebody forced me to. No, I became Christian because you know the title Christian. People can actually title themselves or tag themselves as Christian because their parents forced them to. That's different. I formed a relationship with God, which is what Christianity is actually about because somebody forced me to. Nobody has said that. And so you forcing your opinion or your faith on somebody is not going to make them Christian. It's not going to push them to that lifestyle. Nobody can know God through force. And that's why you do your part. It's so great if you can plant a seed and somebody else can easily water it. At the end of the day, as Paul said, God brings the increase. Paul planted, Apollo watereth, but guess what? It is God that brings the increase. And so you do your seeding, you, you plant that seed, you talk to them about the word of God, don't force it upon them. I have so many friends that I just put those little snippets of things there, I don't force them. But when I see them doing things that they shouldn't be doing, I mention it, but I don't force anybody to do anything. It's frustrating sometimes, I have some long-time friends that I really care about, and I pray for, but it's like, <laughs> I can't force them. 
and they have good hearts and they really want to live for God. But it's like there's a restriction, there's a restriction. So what do I do? I pray for them and I guide them in love. But I don't become resentful because that's just not my place. I've been sent to guide in love, not to force anybody. And then verse 26. Okay, I'm going to read 25 and 26 because they go together. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Now, this would most likely be in the context of someone who is gone astray or um, a believer who is backsliding. It is then your job as someone who cares about them to gently instruct, mention the word of God, be with them on this journey, but you can't force them. Pray that this trap that the devil has kept them in, they will be free from it. That's the most you can do. You cannot force somebody out of bondage or prison if they want to stay inside. Even if you open the gate, and I know this is quite a hefty analogy. I'm not saying that every single friend that you're in is a complete, like, you know, they're in bondage by the devil. But that's kind of the analogy that makes sense in this um, circumstance. You can break the door open for someone, but you cannot force them to leave. You can break the prison door open for somebody, but you cannot force them to leave. It is only by the will of God and by the conviction of the Holy Spirit that they will finally leave. That's what basically God is saying, that is for you to pray that they'll be let go of the trap of the devil. That's what you can do as a friend. Now, I just want to take this to another perspective. This may not be a religious conversation, but this may just be how you handle your day-to-day conflicts with just people around you. This may be your family members, your friends, your roommates, your classmates, the person that sells to you in the market, whatever, just people that are around you, how do you handle such conflicts? First thing to remember, there are three sides to every story. There is your side, the opposing party side, and then there is the truth. And the truth may not always be in alignment with your opinion. Okay, and that's why I said that humility is very, very, very important when we are trying to handle conflict. Stop justifying your wrongs and stop holding so tightly to your opinions because they could be wrong. Be open to learn. And that's why I said listen to learn. You could be wrong and that's okay. But you need to be willing to learn. Have an open mindset in an argument. Now, this is why I kind of separated this from the part where I was talking about believers and unbelievers and etc. Because as long as you're rooted in the word of God, it's not wrong. But in this context, it could just be a small misunderstanding. Oh, I put my phone here. Why did you move it here? Oh, I put money here. Why did you move it here? Oh, I did this. Why didn't you inform me about this? You know, small, small, petty arguments like that that could be avoided if you just listen to each other and you humble yourself. And that's why I love the story of David because David did some crazy things. In fact, horrible things. But he was still considered the apple of God's eye. Why? Because he owned up to his faults. Because when he did wrong, he owned up to his wrongs and he didn't try and defend his wrongs. Don't keep defending yourself. Listen, because you could be wrong. And you would never know whether you're wrong or not unless you have an open mindset and you listen. And you guys have to remember that your opinion is not worth more than the other person's opinion. Every single one of us has opinions and we all have the right to express those. So just because you disagree, that doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means you disagree with their opinion that's okay. You guys can agree to disagree and still have peace. You do realize that, right? Not everybody has to have your mindset. In fact, if everybody had your mindset, that would be a very boring life and probably a very wrong life because your mind, not every part of your mindset can be correct. I'm sure there are things you believe in that are actually pretty wrong. And you'll never learn if you don't listen. Again, I keep hammering on this thing. In order to learn, you must listen. Okay, so that was the first thing I said, that there are always three sides to a story. The opposing party, your side and the truth. The next thing is choose your battles wisely. 
An argument is only productive if the primary aim is to enlighten and not just to win. Not every argument is worth your time. Sometimes it is okay to back down. And that's why I mentioned in the beginning. It is okay to back down. Yes, the other party may say you look silly or that you've lost. It's not about winning. It's about keeping the peace. It's about having understanding. And if it's clear there is no understanding that is coming in, then back down. And that is okay. Now, of course, there are situations where you should fight for your rights. There are situations where you should make sure you're being heard. But if there is no productive end to what you're doing, why are you wasting your time? Especially going again back to arguing with unbelievers. God does not need you to defend him. And the fact that you are going outside the character of Christ to defend Christ is already a contradiction. You're trying to defend your Christian life. You're trying to defend that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus came and he did this. But your whole character and your demeanor and the way you're handling the argument is outside the character of Christ completely. It completely defies the whole point of the Christian life. And don't let the devil entice you into these arguments to push you to sin. Don't give the devil the leeway to push you to sin. That's why 2 Timothy 2.23 tells us, don't have anything to do with foolish or stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. Ephesians 4.26a tells us, in your anger, do not sin. Because once you give Satan the avenue to manipulate you, you may do or say things that cannot be undone. Choose your battles wisely. Some disagreements don't even require an argument. It just takes maturity, compromise and an open mindset and of course, humility. And then if push comes to shove, you agree to disagree. (laughs) Okay, I disagree with you, you disagree with me, I leave it. It just takes, sometimes it just takes maturity. Maturity. There was something that one of our prayer leaders told us at some point in our prayer unit that, um, this is a while back, that I think, I don't know if it was a story that happened to her or if it was an example, I don't remember, but one of her friends would always take her water, um, what she uses to bath, they were like, they'll be taking her water and she would, at first she would get angry, she would get upset, but instead of using this and the devil using this to push her to anger and push her to sin in her anger she was like you know what i'm gonna help this person fetch their water in the morning now this may seem silly this may seem like oh this girl's a mumu but she's found a solution to both her problem and her roommate's problem her roommate is obviously way too indulgent in her sleep to get up to get water and so she takes hers now she doesn't want to sin in her anger and she doesn't want to get angry so she decides to fetch her roommate's water solving her problem and her roommate's problem at the same time bob's your uncle that's it and again, I said, this humility, you having to do this, it will humble you. It may make you seem like a mumu, but in the end, you are the person with the upper hand. Because you're the one saying, I'm not allowing the devil to use this silly, very silly, very small thing, fetching water. This very small thing to cause me to sin and take me out of the character that Christ has called me to. And imagine if I want to preach to that person one day or I want to invite my roommate to church. But because of the way I've reacted, because of what the devil has used against me, I can't do that anymore. Or if I do do that, I'll look like a hypocrite. Now, let's take it a step further. What if this person has been on your back doing the same thing to you over and over and over again and look, you're frustrated. You're building hatred. Hatred, as I said at the beginning, is a very consuming and toxic feeling. And it can push you to do things, say things that cannot be undone. What do you do in that circumstance when somebody has offended you deeply especially when it's someone close to you let me tell you the people that have that it's easiest to hurt you are the people closest to you because they know your weak points they know your sensitive points and so they are the people that have the advantage to use those things against you 
So what happens in the case where somebody really close to you, someone you love and you care about has hurt you deeply? What do you do then? Because this is now, it's not about arguments. It's not about fetching water. This is about deep hatred. And you know this feeling is consuming. It's it's toxic. You can't sleep properly at night. You can't look at this person. You, you pass this person and you feel agitated. You hear their name, you feel agitated. You feel like there's this dark oppression upon you because of this feeling of hatred. And you're ready to let go of it because it's too much. The only thing I can tell you, I can't even say, ah, oh, you know, try and fetch water for them, etc., etc. The only thing I can tell you is you need to submit these feelings of hate to the Holy Spirit. He's the only one that can heal you completely. Because as much as you try and avoid that person, as much as you try and separate yourself from that person, which is, of course, you need to do that, like separate yourself from that person as much as you can. But you do need to submit those feelings to the Holy Spirit because their name will still come up in your mind. Somehow, if there's someone close to you, somehow you hear about them. Someone near you will discuss them or have them in your vicinity. So you have to submit that to the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying you should wait. Don't even wait for anybody to ask you for forgiveness. This person may not even want your forgiveness. That's even that's another painful thing. This person may be so unremorseful, but we forgive because it's our responsibility as believers to forgive. We forgive because God forgave us first and he continually forgives us. We forgive for our sake to let go of that feeling, that burdensome feeling of hate. Colossians 3.13, bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you should forgive, meaning over and over again, continually forgive. God forgives us over and over again, so therefore we forgive over and over again. And this person may come back and do the same thing again and again and again. You forgive again and again and again. Of course, of course, speak up. <laughs> I'm not saying someone's offending you and you don't say anything, you speak up. But if this person is unremorseful and is not willing to change, you forgive. You separate yourself from that person as much as you can and you leave the rest to God. Pray for the person that they can change as well. Because you need that peace. You need that peace to rule your heart, not hatred. Hatred ruling the heart of a believer is one of the worst things that can happen because the foundation of our belief of our lives in Christ is love. So you can't have hate ruling your heart as a Christian, as a believer. Colossians 3.15 Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. Where peace reigns, there is no room for hate. There is absolutely no room for hate, but you need to allow that peace to reign. Speak scripture into your life until it becomes part of you. You need to be proactive. Don't expect over time the hate will fade because a lot of the time it doesn't. In fact, it festers and it grows. Be proactive in feeding yourself with the word of God, allowing yourself to be filled up with his peace, peace from God himself and let it go. Cast all your burden, cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. First Peter 5, 7. Everything that bothers you, pour it on the Holy Spirit. God, I put it on you. I give it to you. I don't know what to do. This person keeps angering me and I just feel like it's out of my control. Leave it to God. And don't expect like passive aggressive mannerisms to help. It doesn't help that mm, mm, brushing past the person or making eyes at the person. Please, you're too big for that. You're too mature for that. Don't, don't stoop to that level. Separate yourself from that person and then leave the rest for God. Leave the rest for God. I mean, I know this thing. I've had this. There was a time that I had quite a deep hatred for somebody at some point of my life as well. Somebody very close to me as well. And I had to let go because it was very limiting. Every little thing that I had that came up that was related to that situation or that person, it angered me and made me very bitter. And I had to let go for me to move on with my life and to have peace in my life and to do what I'm doing now. Because I can't be here talking about Jesus loves you and I harbor hate in my life. 
you guys will even you can tell that it would be a lie you can tell from day one from episode one you'd be like something's off about this girl you can't be preaching jesus loves you the peace of god etc etc and you have hatred in your heart as a believer let it go make the decision be proactive let it go so guys we have come to the end of this episode and i do pray it is a blessing to you and to the many people that I pray you share it with because you guys have really been sharing this podcast and I am so happy about it. But be sure to also leave a review and leave a rating and I will be with you guys next week for the last, the final episode for season one of Limitless Lives, episode 50. And then I'll be saying goodbye, Merry Christmas. Maybe I'll do one on like New Year's resolutions, I don't know, or end of year something, I don't know. But let's just see what tomorrow's, sorry, next week's episode will be about. But I do pray that you guys have a blessed week. You have a blessed month. You have a blessed rest of the year. You have an amazing Christmas with um, festivities. But also you remember the true meaning of Christmas. You're able to appreciate the love that God has for us. For giving his only begotten son to die for us. To give us eternal life. That's the cuckoo. That's the cuckoo of Christmas. Okay. So guys, I'll see you guys next week for the final episode of the season. Love you guys. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye.